Okay. Uh, well, at this point, it does say that uh, we've been recording for 16 whole seconds. I so, see that. Yeah. How <laughs> that plays out. Yeah. There'll no doubt be an appropriate uh, Camtasia edit. Mm -hmm. um, some of this, uh, Dan and I were just discussing, maybe owing to a uh, somewhat, uh, you know, we, we got the maritime internet factor mm -hmm. in location. And yeah. uh, normally that would have been sort of supplanted by, by much more uh, robust BC, you know, internet. Uh, but here it's just uh, working against it in a different way. It's like maritime, you know, quasi-weak internet to mm -hmm. maritime quasi-weak internet. So um, as we were just literally discussing in this lead up to episode number 13, slash 14, because I realized episode zero counts, technically yeah. are. Our first yeah. episode. The pilot. Um, so, yeah. So I guess now, like last time, we were actually at a baker's dozen, you know? Mm. Uh, so now we're at a baker's dozen plus one. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So anyway, at this point, the uh, pre-show ramble has uh, well ensued. And I can mm -hmm. tell about here that uh, it's not catching up with me. There's a delay. <laughs> the visual and the audio, which is yeah. a little disconcerting, but I guess that's easily remedied if I just uh, don't look at the browser while the recording is going on, which might not be a bad idea. As mm. you can see, in an urban location. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Dan, uh, why, don't we, why don't you tell us what the episode's about and uh, how you've been doing generally, pal? Well, um I've been doing pretty well. You know, it's the end officially yesterday was officially the first day of fall, which, uh, you know, after a rather sort of hot, sweaty summer, <laughs> I welcomed the temperatures in the teens, if you know what I mean. Um, and uh, yeah, all in all, been doing well. I've got a, a little bit of vacation coming up soon that I decided to take just for, you know, take a week off. Nice. You know, before things um, get busy again in the fall with work. Uh, and uh, yeah. So doing okay. Uh, and uh, oh, yeah. Also playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> uh, which is basically what if they put Dungeons and Dragons in a video game console? Uh, and, uh, anyways, as far as our topic goes, uh, I thought this week it might be fun to talk about uh, some of our favorite compilations. Uh, just because, you know, that can cover a lot of different bases. And sometimes you get artists that they might not have a full album out, but they had just put out a couple songs here and there that still are very memorable uh, that show up on these comps. And uh, they can be really great snapshots of, like, places and times in the scene, if you know what I mean. And, uh, yeah, so, and actually, I realized in the time since I picked out this topic, or thought this topic and we record there's been a couple like one of my picks has had a 30th anniversary and some other ones have had some kind of significant things happen in relation to them so yeah anyways i thought it might be a fun topic to talk about so and that sounds all right um but first i gotta ask um because uh, a few questions from your general preamble um do you okay. have any uh, music related concerts or goings on during your work off do you have any uh, period um i had been off? planning on taking a trip to montreal uh but to go see ms paint but uh, it doesn't look like that might happen just because you know a couple life things you know gotcha. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, enough, um, but there's, I feel like, you know, even though it's the, even though, you know, we're sort of getting more to the fall, it seems like, you know, there's a lot more live shows happening that seem kind of interesting. Uh, I did, I wasn't able to make it out to it, but here in Halifax, it was actually a show at the York Redoubt Historic, uh, like historic park, uh, national park. Okay. Uh, just where uh, some bands played in uh, like York Redoubt in Halifax. There's a lot of these old like World War II era bunkers down by the ocean <laughs> and uh what a bunch of bands the man. That's exactly so there yeah. were a bunch of bands that took some generators out there and uh played a show like i've played shows up it's, it's really fun like i've played shows out there in the past like the last band that i played in probably about a decade ago this band for long uh we played uh like we played uh, a pretty memorable show out there just like with like, I think everything was powered by a boat battery that someone had brought on like a bike, like on uh, a bike trailer out to this like World War II bunker in the middle of nowhere that's like covered in graffiti and just looks like, you know, an action movie set or something, like, you know. And, highly uh, dangerous and highly illegal. Do exactly. Do not uh, go but, breaking bylaws, kids. Yeah. And may uh, potentially, if there were a fire in a crowd due to a malfunctioning generator, exactly. none of your you poor know. asses would be insured and mm -hmm. you'd be at the mercy of the Canadian health system. Plus, yes. Also, punk rock and yeah, fucking rock exactly. Rock. So, so, yeah, there's been, you know, just things, a lot of things like that starting to happen around Halifax, too. So, you know, I might get out to catch something. Uh, I believe I heard you have a concert coming up that you're pretty excited about. Man, I got two concerts coming up um, just yeah. this afternoon, like literally three hours, you know, uh, ago, earlier. Uh, my uncle, my awesome uncle, Corey, gifted mm -hmm. uh, a couple of tickets to Jim Cuddy and Sons at the 506 Theater Village. Oh, nice. Village. Oh, I nice. Friggin, speaking of our last, you know, episode where we kind of focused mm -hmm. on outside of, you know, guitar-oriented music or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am a huge fan of Blue Rodeo. Um, oh, yeah. That. Um, completely uncheesy, you know, alt-country mm -hmm. or, you know, like, like I know it's like mainstream kind of just folk music. But I think mm -hmm. that's part of the charm. And I actually, like yesterday evening, even I was hanging out with somebody and we were actually listening to a Blue Rodeo record. Uh, and uh, nice. my uncle today, he's just like, yeah, so uh, we can't go. Uh, do you want the tickets? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think I would like to see Jim Cuddy uh, at the 506 Container Village. So if you haven't been to the 506 Container Village, you really need to go. Just I, I recommend it on anybody who happens to be within spitting distance of St. John. Mm -hmm. um, and my last uh, thing here before Dan about his number one pick, which I'm totally curious about, uh, is that uh, as Dan referenced, Tommy Stinson from uh, The Replacements is uh, going to be playing. I mean, he's done... The Replacements is like about a third of what he's done, actually. Mm -hmm. And he spent more time, like in terms of years on payroll, getting actively paid by Guns N' Roses, uh, the full remember <laughs> of Chinese era democracy, Guns N' Roses. Like that was like a 16 year gig yeah. for him that only really- The Axel with Braids era. Right, well, and like they had just weirdness. They had like a bucket head, this guy with the oh, yeah. UFC helmet. They'd, mm -hmm. they'd, they'd, they'd come out and like play like a one public gig <clears> every five years, like at the MTV Video Awards. And yeah. like, yeah, it was just like, 
so strange where they'd have movie on like a movie soundtrack, like, you know, end of mm-hmm. days or, you know, stuff like this. And then now, I mean, friggin' Axel Duff and uh, friggin' Slash, they play Munkin. And I didn't bother going. I could have easily yeah. gone. And I was just like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, you know. So, but Tommy Stinson, Tommy Effing Stinson, uh, is going to be playing at uh, Fredericton. Capital of all places, a small, yeah. pretty intimate venue, which can also mm-hmm. be crowded, uh, and it's going to be friggin' dope. He's also playing Charlottetown. He's going out of his way to play Charlottetown yeah. and your city, Halifax. So uh, yes, FYI, dude. And uh, mm. with that, I'll uh, just leave it to Dan to uh, lead us off on this topic here. All right. So uh, yeah, my first pick is a compilation. Is a record that I actually bought used from a guy named nick oliver in fredericton uh, when i was probably 18 years old uh and nick was the person who he hosted the sunday evening punk rock show on chsr when i first started listening to it uh he was also uh the drummer in neighborhood watch originally and like during the original sort of 80s run and a really he was afterwards he was a major figure in the electronic music scene in Halifax and no, like in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick as well, uh, under the name DJ Nonsense, uh, and I think he still does stuff every once in a while in that regard. But anyways, he was selling off a bunch of his like classic punk records, and I was just intrigued by this double LP with a huge sixty-page book, like sixty-plus page booklet that came in it with like just a murderer's row of early 80s like punk hardcore greats uh that's the international peace benefit compilation normally so that usually in shorthand just referred to as the peace compilation because it has the acronym p-e-a-c-e on the cover which stands for peace energy action cooperation evolution and what it is is it was a release it was released by uh dave dick it was a co-release uh by dave dichter from the band mdc and uh, the folks from Maximum Rock and Roll, uh, circa about, yeah, it was uh, 1984 uh, was when it was released. And it's 55 bands uh, from, I think, like 20 or 30 different countries. Well, there's 30 bands from North America and 25 bands from the rest of the world, basically. Whoa. But, like, they made a point of, like, including, like, there's, like, you know, it was one of the big one of the big things about this compilation is the fact that, like, they put so much work making sure that like if they could only get like one band from a country it was like the best band from that country and like you know like there's it's it's just it was wild to me that there was a compilation that came out that was like had like the dead kennedys the butthole surfers like crass doa like all of these like, like MDC bands like that like while they were active bands all getting together and then having like you know, bands like Cheetah Chrome Motherfuckers and Negazione from from Italy and like the Upright Citizens from Germany. And uh, one of the big things about this compilation was it was uh, the world's introduction uh, to the band Gizem from Japan, who were like the first big Japanese hardcore band to really break out in North America. And uh, that's actually one of the reasons this, this has sort of come up in sort of reminiscence people's reminiscences on the internet a lot lately uh because uh Sakevi yokoyama the singer from uh Gizem just passed away recently and he was kind of like almost like Jap- japan's Gigi allen <laughs> but with more like 
just like more straight up violence than just like less feces and more flamethrowers basically and like open threats of murder to people like working at stores selling like bootleg giza merch and like stuff like that and like he definitely had some like you know legit criminal charges related to like assaults and things and you know kind of like maybe not the greatest guy in the world but like Gizem were an intense fucking band and you know their song endless blockades is the second song on the album and it just like you know i can't remember i think it's like yeah and it's like articles of faith i think are the first band on there and they're like you know pretty you know like decently well-known like chicago band and then like this like crazy noisy like japanese like just wild man <laughs> like screaming like in this weird cookie monster voice about endless rockets for the pussyfooter <laughs> like comes out and uh then yeah it's like 55 songs and they made a point of like you know there's only one act from africa on there but they made a point of finding like this like anarchist spoken word artist from south africa like, including one of their songs on it so they can make sure that like you know as many places as they could were represented and uh it's like i said it came out in 1984 uh, you know 55 bands uh it's been reissued a couple of times uh this the original reissue is one i would not recommend uh because one of the great things about it is like like i said it's one of the you can tell it's probably one of the reasons one of the factors of MRR being involved is, like I said, there's like this 60-page zine that comes with it, basically. That have like interviews. Oh, like each band gets a page where like some of the newer band, like some of the more like not as well-known bands, like uh, there's this really great kind of like moody, almost like post-punk type band from Boston called the Proletariat that I'd never heard of until I found like until I heard this comp and like that got me going out and searching their stuff. But like they had like an interview with them and like you know just like each band has a page to you like a chance to either like have a little thing about their politics or like the lyrics of the song or whatever um and yeah it's just really cool and also uh uh one of the bands on there uh it was is uh zero defects which is the band that i don't know if you're familiar with brad warner the nope. like buddhist writer what? uh yes who's written a lot of books about like punk rock and buddhism uh who also has like had a day job career in the like japanese kaiju movie industry for a long time uh, zero, anyway zero defects is his old band that you know he ended up getting back together later on but like i ended up when i like i read a bunch of his books like you know sort of later on in life and uh he mentions like yeah you know i lived in cleveland and you know i played in this like crazy hardcore band called zero defects and it's like I know that band <laughs> they were pretty wild you know they had a pretty wild song on this like double lp um but anyways like i said it had a couple reissues there was a cd reissue in the 90s that is not recommended uh it was labeled new red archives read it did it but they didn't re-include they didn't include any of the like supplemental stuff like there was no booklet or anything and they tacked five songs it was just like a sampler of other artists that were on their label at the time including like anti-flag which puts you know in retrospect even more of a stink on it um uh, but, but anyways in 2020 uh dave dichter who was the person that released it in the first put it out in the first place uh did an official like digital reissue and with some you know a limited vinyl release as well and uh with the money going to uh like all funds from it going to like 
mutual aid, community mutual aid groups during like the COVID, the initial COVID lockdowns, which, uh, you know, I thought was pretty cool. And uh, like I said, it's, it's just, it was just like this it's wild to me that someone was able to put such a comprehensive, like just sample of like, this was everything going on in like punk rock at the time where like, like I said, the established bands on there, they're like, you get like the dead Kennedys when they're still a band and the butthole surfers when they were still a, like, you know, when they were an early band. Um, and like, yeah, like DOA and crass and UK subhumans and all these like more established bands. Yeah. With like, you know, zero defects. And like, there's a band from Ottawa called Porcelain Forehead um, that ended up getting some of their stuff reissued later on, like much later on, but we're still kind of like one of those like real like collector's obscurity kind of bands for a long time. So, you know, I just thought it was really cool. Like when I bought this record, I just thought it was really cool to just get such a huge slice of just everything going on in punk at the time. And like later on, like, yeah, I'm wearing a Los Crudo shirt now. And like they covered one of the bands on this compilation because it was their first time they heard like a, a hardcore band singing in Spanish, which was uh, this band uh, Los Violadores from Argentina, uh, who had a song called Via do Pateticos, uh, which I'm murdering the pronunciation of. That's uh, pathetic old folks uh, that Crudos ended up covering on their uh, on their one full length record that they put out uh, in like, yeah, in the late, like mid 90s or whatever. But anyways, yeah. Uh, like I said, that was just, unfortunately, I don't have a copy of it now anymore, but it's one of those, like, like I said, it's available digitally now, like, by the person that released it originally, and, uh, or one of the people that released it originally, and yeah, I just thought it was, like, just a really cool compilation that just covers so much stuff from all over the world that just, like, you know, I probably never would have heard of otherwise. Hmm. Which is like that's one of the you know great things that a compilation can be. Yeah, no man, that's totally awesome. Uh, everything you said, you, uh, you described there made it sound interesting to me. Um, I'm I'm just impressed because that sounds like it was like a legit release on the part of all the bands who mm. were represented on it. Um, because if it's just something where he's like, oh well, I have this friend of a friend who has access to these tapes and I can just, you know, pastiche this thing together. Uh, but it yeah. sounds to me like the person who did it was actually, uh, you know, involved in something uh, very legit, right? The uh, yeah. MR&R friggin' thing. Man, exactly. The uh, social archivist or whatever in me wants to, like, mm. go back and, like, unpack bundles of that. And, uh, yeah, man, that's uh, absolutely... Uh, and maximum R and R is actually done. It is. It's done as a print. It's done as a print uh, print website. And like, you know, you say cultural archivist. They were literally for years. They maintained the physical archive of like the most definitive physical archive of punk releases that there was in one place. Yeah, exactly. Just through I mean, their, you know, because you had to uh, to get something reviewed in the in the magazine, you had to send two copies. One of which went into their library, the other of which went home with the person that did the review as, you know, a thank you for writing the review or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, they maintained and they did, they still do, uh, it's, they still have the website and they still do the radio show. Okay. Which has songs submitted by bands from all over the world. Like sort of in the spirit of this compilation still in some ways that like 
I follow like if you follow their socials pages, they'll give you like they'll do a little rundown of like because they have kind of like a rotating group of hosts that will like they'll focus they'll each put together like a little list like focusing on different things whether it's like stuff from demos or like stuff from like a certain area but like their radio show is still a going concern which I think is really cool but oh, they man. don't have that. I don't think they maintain that physical archive anymore, unfortunately. Like, I think can that you, was sold off. Can, can, since since uh, to capitalize on this uh, learning moment, as we say, in my uh, yeah. line of work, uh, would you be so good as to uh, perhaps put a two-sentence paragraph in your notes to that effect? Possibly. I will. Appropriate links and or any MRNR videos. Um, just oh, for a sure. very quick digression before I get into I'm going to do a quick uh, two-piece on mine. Uh, okay. These records, but um, just, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> the last, like, conscious kind of thing I have in mind from MNR and r was when um, Matt Gay's band in Toronto with Kate Harrison got yeah. reviewed. They put out a CD, and I'm sorry, I, I don't remember, like, the name of the band they were operating under at the time. Um, so, Matt or Kate, feel free to get in touch with me. But, they, you know, they had the... Uh, they, they had this ace drummer with them, too, friggin'. Uh, it's killing me that I don't know this. But anyway, they got their CD really negatively reviewed in M&R&R. &R &R, and uh, one of them shared it on their social. And it's just like, man, it was just like the most mean, nasty-spirited, mm. just two-sentence, like, but still, but still, I mean, it was in there, yeah. right? Respect, you know? So... Mm -hmm. Uh, so for mine, um, I just kind of grabbed a whole bunch out of my uh, boxes of when I was, when I had the means and capability to buy obscene amounts of records on the regular. Yep. Um, and uh, so some of them I'm going to speak to in the notes, but then also um, I'll speak to some of them here as well as in the notes. Um, mm -hmm. So one of these, uh, just on the historical tip that I got when I finally did like a nine order record order from, um, what do you call it? Discord? Ah. Yeah, flex your head, right? Um, so this is like, I don't need to necessarily track down the teen idols first. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need to like, actually, I'm sure government issues really worth getting into. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They are for sure. Um, Void. I really like the Void and I own one mm -hmm. of their records, uh, one of their yep. 12. It's nice to see something on there. Okay, but like Iron Cross, Artificial Peak. Deadline, Corey. I'm sure they're great, but this may be the only time that I actually yeah. get to own any of that. Um, so that's you know out of the two for I'm gonna sort of throw out there. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the first one. Um, anything that sort of resonates with you off that particular comp comp? It's funny because I actually have a Discord comp that I'm a different Discord comp that I'm going to talk about later. Oh, um, good. Well, there's no escaping like, it if we're doing a comp thing on this show, right? That's, yeah, but like that's definitely one that like I mean that's that was almost on my list as well. And I mean, some of that mm -hmm. stuff like yeah, Iron Cross are not for me, but Crucified is one of those like sort of tongue in cheek faves of mine, I guess. Uh, just because I know a few other bands have covered it. Um, that's it's very much a like oi oi skinhead kind of anthem, but like yeah, like that's just one of those like foundational texts of the right, of the exactly. genre, you know. Like so if we're talking about historical sort of order comps, such as you kind of described with your yeah. sort of international documentation, 
this is a, you know, one thing off of one record label off of one scene, but yep. wow, like did that just one scene become so influential and in such a modern ways, right? Yeah. So, um, so the one that I'm going to pair that with, uh, another local-ish sort of pairing, if you will, uh, this is something I discovered since moving back to St. John. Uh, I can't remember if I got this in Backstreet or Second. Uh, oh yeah. But this is uh, oh, dang the it's it's getting mangled by the filter here. But I, Canada Volume Two is yes, here. yes, yes, yes. Um, and I'm just throwing that out there because I think it's really interesting. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna own only listening to it. You know, I've only listened to it probably one and yeah. a half times so far. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm just like, I see it and I'm really happy it exists on mm. general principle, you know, and it's like, I gotta be honest. I haven't heard. Okay. So what, what have I heard on here previously? I've heard of the, okay. So the, the day glow abortions is on here with a lovely tune, which is no doubt artfully rendered called choking on my puke. Um, and oh, neighborhood watch. Okay. Yes, neighborhood watcher on there. That's yeah. yeah. From nineteen eighty four, mind you. So this is like decade spanning mm. as well as uh, you know, being representational of yep. various teams, right? So they got a thing on there called uh, Trains Tanks Kept Rolling, which I wonder mm -hmm. if that's a little riff to train kept rolling. Maybe not. Um, and uh, one other thing here that's just kind of I'm just like looking at it that's uh, Oh, friggin' um, Terminal City Rats. They're from Vancouver. That could be from St. John, I suppose, from the description mm. of it. Um, armed and Hammered. Okay. They've Armed and Hammered have been around. That band's been around for easily 30 years. Uh, from 1988, this recording. Yeah. From, so I'll just. Yeah, they've been that. around for. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say, man, to me, uh, that's like a good use of like getting old tapes and mm -hmm. past teaching them together yeah. and repackage them in such a way that is uh, interesting and relevant for the present moment. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's interested, you know, it's like I could go friggin' dig some of this stuff up on like, you know, friggin' band camp or mm -hmm. whatever, but it's so much nicer for the uh, sake of having a, a nice object, if you will, to to just be able to throw it on on vinyl and uh, you know let her roar from a reasonably yep. okay speaker, right? It's kind of a different experience, if you will, since there's no way in hell I'll be able to see any of those bands probably ever, except probably for Dayglows, who I know mm -hmm. for, as for like three posts in uh, Kamloops, BC, at least as of uh, a year yeah. and a half ago, they're still a going concern. So, oh yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of concerning, uh, what's your uh, number two, pal? Oh, I just had one quick point about that Punk Canada. Oh, really? uh, there's, yeah, it's that. Totally. It's a. I think they're up to volume three now. But oh, I don't know if you remember okay. uh, in the Montreal episode uh, how I had to give kudos to Paul Gott from the Rip Chords. Yes, and definitely. His uh, sort of his social media group organizing his uh, Punk Canada Facebook group that he basically added everybody he'd ever met at a show at. Um, I remember yes, that, pal. Yeah. exactly. Anyways, uh, so the, that compilation, that series of compilations came out of that Facebook group oh, where, okay. just exactly. where, you know, every once in a while there'd be a thread like, hey, look, you know, who's in a band lately? And 
you know, like the rip, like Paul has, Paul got has been trying to like promote Canadian punk bands for decades now. Like that's pretty much what he's been doing. Like between like his old zine on guard quarterly, his old record label, like he's tried to like help to those smaller bands get heard. Uh, and uh, yeah, awesome. he's just basically like get folks that were participating in this group to like contribute songs by their bands every once in a while. And then they'll put together like a new, whenever they've got, however many they've been putting out a new volume of the compilation so it's been pretty cool um that, but anyways that is wicked i'm really glad that i, I guess uh, maybe yeah. subconsciously maybe somehow that snuck its way in through my brain and mm. invested in uh, purchasing that or uh more likely it was just like wow and you know i gotta say it really pleased me to be able to buy it at a local locally owned record store mm -hmm. For like twenty dollars plus tax. I mean, come yeah. on, man, come on. That speaks to, I guess, like the accessibility now of mm. vinyl as a format. Because, I mean, you, I, I just have to assume that there's almost no profit margin for the yeah. people putting it out. So, like, you know, for the materials to have gone down to the fact that all in in terms of their process and giving the store what they need to keep it on their shelves, whatever. To be able to sell it at that low a price point, I mean, the production mm -hmm. cost must be, you know, nice and low on uh, making affordable, reasonably playing vinyl. You know, to me, that's yep. uh, a nice uh, over from the pre from the industrial era economy that I mm. sort of hold on to in multiple <laughs> times such as yes. So now, really, for real. For real. Times. Yes. Two, All right. I'll do my two and three as a two for here, uh, yeah, just for time's sake, because uh, yeah. they're both kind of place and time compilations uh, by the record, you know, put up by pretty iconic record labels and sort of documenting, yeah, just a snapshot of the communities around that record label at those times. And the first of the two is 1990s State of the Union compilation on Discord Records, awesome. um, which you know you hear you know when you think like dc like the dc music scene is one of those ones that's just that's been like you know a well-documented scene and it's been one considered like one of the big more, more influential ones for sure um and it's definitely had some like distinct eras and you know you think of like the flexor head era and then after that you think of like sort of you know, sort of the Nation of Ulysses, Fugazi, like that kind of era in the 90s. And yep. there's sort of, a, you know, there's like a whole other section kind of in the middle of that uh, that I feel like doesn't get as much coverage that uh, State of the Union really sort of takes a picture of. So um, and it was a benefit there in terms of what it brings. Uh, well, it's 19, it came out in 1990 and it's kind of like, it's like that bridging era. Like okay. there's an early Fugazi song on it recorded as a three piece before Guy Pachota was in the band. And awesome. then there's a song by one last wish, which was the band that Guy had between rights of spring and Fugazi. Awesome. And like, there's like a late scream song. That's just like a remix and uh, a song by ignition. You know, you're talking about void. Uh, that's like ignition was another Alec McKay band. He's also in hammered hulls now. Um, actually. Yeah. Their song anger means is like one of my favorites sort of, dc punk songs of that era and then it's got bands like souls it's kind of like i guess when you know when you hear, hear people talk about like the revolution summer era in dc it's like it was kind <laughs> of like this is like 
that kind of, you know, some of the bands around that, yeah, like Ignition and Soulside, who actually just got back together and put out a new LP this year. Um, and like, yeah, One Last Wish, like early Fugazi, there's some really early Shudder to Think, uh, Christ on a Crutch, uh, which features Nate Mendel of Foo Fighters. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, their song off target is pretty great and yeah then just some bands like like king face who were kind of like almost like a weird jam rock band that snuck in there because i'm sure they were just like people's friends um and like fire party who you know they were like another discord band to put out a couple records but never really set a caught on um but yeah it was like a benefit for different like sort of i think like homeless charities around dc and uh yeah just kind of like I bought it on cassette at Backstreet Records um, sometime in the 90s, uh, used. And it was one of those, like, yeah, it was just like, I wasn't as familiar with that whole era of music coming out of Washington, D.C. at the time. And it was cool to just sort of get a little, like, I love the Ignition song, like, on this compilation. Anger Means, like, it's, it's like, one of my, like, probably, like, top 30 favorite punk songs, at least, like, and, yeah. Like I wasn't that familiar with Scream, uh, so it was cool to hear one they of their songs, even though it out. isn't really a normal. Actually, their original drummer uh, just passed away, I guess. Uh, but uh, Dave Grohl is dead. Uh, not Dave Grohl, but the guy that played drums before Dave Grohl. Uh, I'm, I'm Scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, they do have a new record coming out. They now. do, and uh, I know Dave Grohl is on it um, as at least a featured player. Right. Um, and the other kind of place and time compilation that I picked, uh, from like what I consider a pretty iconic record label is the XXX Some Ideas Are Poisonous compilation on Evolution Records, uh, that came out in 1995, uh, which I will show, I don't know if a camera can see here, I have basically the album cover of the three sort of x's like tat that was the first tattoo that i got you know when i was during my my time as a you know straight edge hardcore enthusiast in the mid 90s uh awesome. and like in a band with a tattoo artist <laughs> but anyways this this was also this was the first release this and the los crudos spitboy split lp were the first two things i bought on ebullition from uh, phil clark's old distro distro two percent yeah exactly and it was also it was the first thing ebullition ever released on cd though it was packaged and originally packaged in lp the cd was packaged in an lp sleeve oh. uh, because <laughs> you know kind of like the peace compilation there was a big booklet that came out with it um because you know like because it's an ebullition release there had to be a long angsty sort of personal essay on straight edge and what it means and you know how it's not just about hanging out with your bros and kicking people in the face in the pit and yada 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 and you know a lot of people do it for different reasons and the you know the the original spirit behind the compilation was just for you know the guy who ran ebullition records kent mcclard you know identified as straight edge but he didn't really like a lot of the stuff that was considered straight edge hardcore at the time and went and found a bunch of other bands whose members all considered themselves straight edge or sober or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, decided to put out this compilation, sort of putting together just like a pretty diverse sort of spattering of bands for the scene. Uh, 
it's uh yeah like not a lot of them had a whole lot of releases like groundwork uh from arizona had you know they had a couple records on ebullition as well and uh like frail which is the band that some of the folks from uh, ink and dagger uh who were a pretty great band from philadelphia in the 90s that uh, briefly featured eric where comedian eric wareheim on bass uh cool some of the other non-Eric Wareheim folks, uh, Frail was their previous band. Um, also, there's a pretty great band from Albany, New York that I actually got to see live once, uh, Monster X, uh, who were at the time uh, the self-proclaimed world's only straight-edge grindcore band. Um, but, you know, we're like, you know, pretty That's fun. That's a bold and, Yeah, and like, you know, they, they kind of like mixed both lanes sort of in their own way and you know they're fun and there's some nice guys and yeah i got to see them play at a weird vfw hall across the road from a shooting range in albany new york one time and you know it was a blast uh but some of the other bands on it are policy of three who had some pretty great records at that time uh and also portraits of past uh endeavor who were they were yeah like they were a little more in the metal more metal side of things but you know and like like I said, like some of these bands, not all the bands are necessarily, uh, you know, the most memorable. But at the time, it was like this record meant a lot to me, <laughs> and you know, it, it it seemed like a pretty, you know, like I said, another snapshot of just like bands at that time as part of that whole like Ebullition Records kind of like quote unquote emo, you know type hardcore scene that were you know identified as straight edge or whatever but weren't you know stereotypically straight edge and didn't sound like youth of today or that kind of thing and you know when i was a young you know a younger person that was very into that scene like that yeah like i said this record meant a lot to me i got a tattoo of the x's from the cover you know at the time like it was a big deal so i had to include it as one of my picks as well Man, that's awesome. Um, and I guess, first of all, before, um, I think, well, I mean, we're, we're not overly pressed for time. In fact, I think um, I think we can actually each do one more anyway. Yep. We want to just kind of ram in a few referentially as well. Um, but uh, this is actually, Dan, when I was preparing the notes uh, in advance for a change uh, for mm -hmm. this episode, one thing that occurred to me is we could easily do part two of this. Uh, oh, for sure. Like easily, and yeah, um, I got some pretty specific reasons for that. But um, looking back now, because we're actually at uh, you know thirteen slash fourteen episodes or something, mm -hmm. we've been doing this for just about just about a year almost. Uh, I checked, and we did the first episode actually in December. So yeah. considering how haphazardly uh, we kind of have our output set, I mean, it, we actually have been pretty productive in terms of getting this out on a semi-regular basis, mm -hmm. even considering, you know, my uh, family and moving and whatever hiatus that kind of occurred yep. over the summer and uh, is still to an extent in play. Um, so, I mean, I just think, man, you know, good for us for kind of uh, putting it out there to the uh, five or six or however. But the nice thing is it's out there for, uh, for posterity. So uh, in terms of like just riffing off of what you were saying uh, in terms of uh, the evolution uh, records, uh, I remember very distinctly the, uh, they, they, they did it a second one, right? They did like a, a vinyl comp that came out. Yeah. Um, 
and Shopmaker was on it. Uh, that's my biggest thing. And I remember getting mm. that. That would probably would have been among my first uh, purchases from, uh, you know, from Phil slash 2%. Uh, and I guess the other aspect of that is just what you were speaking to, you know, about the hard, you know, about the straight edge stuff. I would say, like, as far as musical genres generally, bring in uh, the, you know, that level of hardcore from the 1990s really well relative to other, mm. you know, kind of contemporary musical fads. Like, I mean, you can't oh, for say sure. this about new metal. You can't say this about, you know, in terms of guitar music that you can mm. go back on favorably is like, it was awesome then. It remains awesome because it's just, you know, it, it, it fulfilled exactly what it needed to be do, to do on yeah. pretty much its own terms, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Ebullition is one of those things that I didn't catch on much of, but the parts of it that I did were freaking rad. Um, and uh, the guy, the, the, the person, the, the, you know, established one person with a Facebook page, but he's still like reissuing some of this stuff. Oh, for sure. And it's worth following along because it's just really, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And um, well, the one that I was going to do, but I, I want to be able to hold on to it and speak to it as I do, uh, it was uh, All the President's Men. Um, oh. Right? And I think I might even have spoken to that on, you know, some previous episodes mm -hmm. tangentially. Um, but uh, that's a really good one, right? And as much yep. as Scott. You're talking about policy of three, talking about the shot maker. Um, and some really interesting shot maker news is that they actually have a new reissue. I saw uh, so that. It's like a curated reissue. Like mm. it's not like a, you know, it's not like they're taking crayon club or mouse ear and you know putting that out again. It's more like they're pulling from that to create like a two record set, I wanna say. Uh, so you know, at least probably 20-ish or 25 songs spread out in such a way that they're curated. I think they may have some alternate versions. They may have some live uh, aspects in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, the Shotmaker official uh, uh, Instagram has been going pretty, you know, regularly, at least as far, as, as long as I've been on Instagram, which is really long at all. But uh, um, yeah, and uh, Sean S. Callen, uh, the photographer, the Ottawa photographer, mm. Uh, yes, he, yes, yes. He, he operates a Discogs. He operates as kind of a show promoter, I think. Um, and yeah. uh, he actually, like, I I ended up purchasing like thirty second motion picture, you know, or something <laughs> off of him, like the post shot maker bands uh, and, and whatever uh, off of Discogs. And uh, he, he, you know, so it's got some of his awesome photography in there. So uh, I guess just uh, now I'll just really wrap. wrap, wrap uh, end things with uh, something that's quite tangential, uh, and I got some more that'll just be, you know, but um, okay, punk rock Halloween volume two. Okay, uh, is what I got in my hands, and I got this entirely because it's got uh, actually like it's 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 better than it ought to look, be mm -hmm. based on it looks because it's got like friggin'. Uh, Johnny Thunder's on here. MDC, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, friggin' uh, the Queers are on here. Down by Law, the Vandals. Like, in terms of like, you could actually do a whole episode just on punk Christmas mm. music, believe it or not. If you want to do like a deep dive on the bad religion does Christmas music uh, and the like. Yeah. But the one, the thing that got me 
to purchase this is because it's got uh, Ship Thieves doing a uh, cover of a friggin' like some friggin' 70s friggin' I think of Demons. Uh, it's like this 70s, like just mainstream whatever song that happens to be about murder. And Chris Waller, you know, ship thieves uh, as well. It's hot water music, obviously. But, you know, I just like, I got a ship thieves tattoo from their last yeah. record, right? Uh, so I just think anything that guy does is dope. Uh, and uh, as, as per the Instagram, uh, hot water music have just finished recording new music. Mm -hmm. That's likely coming out next year to coincide with their uh, nice. touring in support of their 30th anniversary. So there, I rammed in as many uh, things as I could there. Dan, what do you... Uh, All right. So yeah, uh, one of my picks that I'll save for the notes for the most part, but I'll just sort of... I, I was going to pick the Raucous Records Sound Volume or Sound Bombing Volume 2 compilation because I feel like, you know, the label sampler as a as a compilation idea is like something that deserves more time to talk Absolutely. on that I really can spend at the moment but my my other pick is one that just celebrated a 30th birth birthday recently that you know you know compilations can be a lot of different things you know movie soundtracks are definitely a type of compilation and one of my favorite movie soundtracks you know in terms of like enjoyment of move enjoyment of the soundtrack over just like even like nobody gives a shit about this movie. No one. Like I think I saw part of it once, but I don't think anyone. Is it Repo ever... Man? Uh, no. I. Oh man, Repo Man. I love Repo Man actually. But uh, no, uh, I'm talking about 1993's Judgment Night original soundtrack compilation. Oh my god. Uh, which, if you're not familiar with the movie itself, it's like Emilio Estevez, Stephen Dorff, uh, Jeremy Piven, and Cuba Gooding Jr. witness a drug deal gone bad and have to like run home through like the alleys of Chicago or something. But like somebody, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, it's like just for what a whatever, like I just nothing of a movie, but that is like like the uh, the like the the immortal records who released the the soundtrack. They they somehow managed to get just like some of the top like alternative rock bands of the time and some of the top hip hop acts of the time to collaborate on like what's all in all a very solid collection of songs and in some cases like some of the best some of my favorite songs by those artists um and it's 11 tracks there was a 12th song recorded and scrapped that has never been released which was actually tool and zach de la roca doing oh a song God. together apparently and it just was like garbage and they all hated it and uh you know it's never worked out so it's it's never seen the light of day uh but yeah it's like helmet and house of pain collaborating and yeah D teenage fan club and de la soul their song fallen like i said is like one of my favorite things by both bands um right. and like living color and run dmc sonic youth and cypress hill sir Mundy, or sir mix a lot and mud honey for the you know oh, seattle seattle song. collection uh pearl jam and Cy cypress hill are on there twice they have a song with pearl jam and a song with sonic youth uh biohazard and onyx who had actually worked together previously uh because Onyx did a remix, they did a metal remix of their song Slam uh, and had Biohazard on it, doing backup vocals and like the guitar parts and stuff. And also a, a song they did, um, and uh, Slayer and Ice-T actually do a three-song uh, exploited medley. Uh, 
yeah covering uh they do they changed uk 82 to la 92 uh and then covered the song war and the song disorder uh just as like you know like you know a, a five minute medley but like um i may when i was younger i may or may not have been at sort of an outdoor event uh where people may have taken over you know just sort of set stuff up and taken over a commercial street in victoria with you know it's like part of like a you know demonstration sort of thing but with a dj playing music the whole time and at one point just before things got really intense and everyone had to run from the police the dj played the ice tea and slayer song from this soundtrack and it was just like that was like the oh my god we have to run moment allegedly you know possibly never you know i'm yeah in theory if this would have happened um but yeah, so that song has you know pretty sentimental value in my heart as well. Uh, but yeah, just back to back, it's eleven songs, all pretty great. Like Dinosaur Junior and De Los and uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Yeah, the other is like I, I can only imagine what that recording session was like. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's just smoke, I think, for them. But, uh, exactly, and it's just like it's one of those things that like it's it's, it's a lot of people it. it it's their appreciation of it is at least ironic uh but you know if you sit down like i've bought probably i I think i have two copies of this right now (laughs) just because like if i would see it at value village or something i'd pick up a copy you know if it was like you know a dollar or whatever just to make sure and i've definitely got a couple of them like sitting in a storage bin like in in the room over there kind of thing that's why it's worth paying for a streaming service on your music provider yeah that's why Ten dollars a month for you know Apple or you know, oh I do, and but, uh, that's just like download and I would just be listening to that all the time on my device. And I, oh, for sure. That's like part of the value of those kind of um, man. And not to cut you off, but um, but I no, think- that's like that's that's my. I'll leave it there. But yeah, that is. Uh, that was my last pick, just because like well, you know it's just no, such that's, a that's- solid. And, and, you know, it's a solid collection of songs back to back. And, like, it just celebrated its 30th birthday, you know? So, yeah, all the more reason to, you know, and I picked it. Actually, I put that on my list. I put that and Peace Comp on my list. And then I saw a bunch of people posting about it, posting about the Peace Comp uh, in relation to, you know, the singer from that band Gizem passing away and that being, that, that record being their introduction to his work. And then right afterwards, it was like, oh, happy 30th birthday, Judgment Night soundtrack. And it's like, well, these are some timely picks indeed. Uh, but yeah, we could easily do like a compilations part two. Like, and we'll have to put that on the slate sometime. Uh, well, for I mean, the, every, yeah. every, every comp worth its salt, you know, really did, hopefully, at least in terms of these label ones, you know, get into uh, more than one edition, right? When they're Exactly, exactly. Um, Kids, today I learned that there's such a person as, or there was such a person as the Japanese Gigi Allen. Uh, <laughs> so as an educator, I'm going to sort of put a pin in that as uh, if I ever Like I said, with more vi- with less feces and more violence. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, pretty downright, like... I, it's like I see Gigi's records on the thing at even like you know like uh, freaking at the mall record store you know the chain yeah. Sunrise Records or whatever and it's like 
man, I, I want to love it and I want to pick it up and buy it. But I just, every time I think of it, I'm just like, I'm thinking of a friggin' demented person covered in shit, oh, yeah. you know, and <clears throat> really live in his truth. But like, do I want to friggin', you know, dive into that and envision that and live with that? I'm like, no, I'm too much of a fancy. I'm too much of a fancy yeah. at this point for Gigi Allen, at least at this point in my life. So. Uh I'll still listen to the Jabbers album, which is like, that was his early work when he still had hair and kept his pants on, I believe, most of the time, and like sang. And it's more just kind of like snotty power pop. Um, I mean, it's definitely got some of the, he doesn't fully explore some of the themes he would later on in his, uh, you know, other albums, but like, you know, it's just like, it's just sort of like snotty, not giving a fuck kind of power pop stuff. That's not too bad that like, I, 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 you know, even, it's sure worth checking out on a street. Yeah, like I'll listen to that on a streaming service at least, but like, yeah, I can understand not wanting to take that up to the counter and like put the money. I, I just like, <laughs> It's just, it's just like I can order it if I wanted to. It's just more yeah. like, but do, do I you want to? Do I, yeah. have, do I have the bandwidth in my increasingly shrinking, diminishing middle-aged life to to dive into that? Like, uh, yeah, you know, no, that's point, but not quite now. Or yeah, so. I feel like that's 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 a younger person's game, you know? Like, <laughs> yes, and uh, kill all the young people. Except for my friends. So, um, dude, it's been a pleasure. All right. I think the StreamYard thingy is, uh, it's held out. There haven't been any yep. overt drops in the network. So, um, it's, uh, as a visual experience, it'll be less than optimal. But I think in terms of the, um, you know, audio, the audio has actually been relatively stable within mm -hmm. the platform. So, um, I'm actually due at this point to, uh, do the, uh, quote unquote, uh, professional-ish and academic-ish one here. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's that I want to refill my uh, Spider-Man full of instant coffee and uh, vegan soy, you know, a poor man's Starbucks, if you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, uh, so I guess I'll just say uh, adios for now. All right. People in the notes and whatnot. And, uh, Dan, it's a pleasure as always. And, uh Take care, everybody. All right. Thanks. See you around.